this is the podcast. This is essentially uh, this is what we do every week, man. We just do ran usually this is gonna be like this is definitely gonna be the most NBA intensive okay. podcast that we have up to this point. We usually do like very non-heavy so my brother who you've met well you met him and Matt. Yeah, uh, right, right, right. We all love the NBA, but neither of them are like NBA nerds. Like Nikki's a little bit higher on the spectrum of like NBA nerd, but even him like he'll throw out some stats where I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure that's wrong. So <laughs> um, there's a lot of that. But um yeah, this is this is the podcast. So just so you know we're recording. We usually start by recording without telling the person that uh, is on the podcast that we're okay. recording. So just to like catch them sit and uh, alienate them in the future if we need to. Um but uh, anyways, welcome back everyone. This is a Monday mini-sode of NBA. This is your host, J.K. Les, a.k.a. Ricky Boo Boys T. Um, I have a friend of mine on the podcast today. He's one of the uh, nerdiest of NBA nerds that I have in, in my, my friend group. Um, so I wanted to bring him on the podcast today because the season is, is, is coming. Um, winter is upon us. And uh, yeah, without further ado, Tad Hall, introduce yourself to the people. What's up, everybody? Uh, thanks, Jay, for having me. Uh, I know we've been talking about doing this for a long time, so I'm glad that we're finally getting the chance to uh, talk a bit, a little bit, a little bit about the NBA season's coming up. Couldn't be more excited. Love football, but once it once it turns to fall and, and the NBA tips off, like that's all I'm worried about, you Amen. know. So uh, yeah, definitely really excited to talk a little little uh, season preview here. I got a, a lot of things that I'm I'm interested in. I think this is going to be. You know the Warriors are going to run everybody, and we already know that. But I, I still think there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff to hot, talk about. Though hot take, hot take. So I thought it'd be fun for you to kind of you and I to go back and forth on like five things that we are the most interested in this season. Um, the this is by far in the history of me being a fan of the NBA. This has been the most um, eventful off season, at least that I can remember. I mean, in terms of teams, um, just rebuilding, blowing shit up, people changing teams, like uh, just crazy trades that nobody saw coming, people changing teams to teams that we didn't even know were in the mix. Um, you know, there's a lot of that stuff. So it was a very eventful offseason. Um, and, yeah, I just want to kind of get into some things that you're looking forward to in this NBA season or just intrigued by. Uh, I thought we could go back and forth and see. If, I'm sure there's going to be some some commonalities. But, um, yeah, man, I guess take it away. What's what's uh, what's one of the things that you're most interested in this season? I think one of the biggest things, like, quite honestly, that, like, is, is like, I'm, I'm really focused on this year, and it's something that a lot of people are, like, kind of down on, but I'm really high on, and that's CP3 to the Rockets. Oh, that's on my list. That is a... Perfect. That is... That's going to that's gonna work perfectly. Okay. That is going to be a seamless transition. Everybody says, oh, they run and gun. Chris Paul likes to run through the half court slow the offense down, but when you run that Mike D'Antoni system where, you know, you just kick the ball out and go, you got Chris Paul, you got James Harden on the floor. Sure. It doesn't matter. Like, sure. you know, you're going to get that ball out. You're going to go. You're going to run. You're going to run. You're going to score points. Chris Paul bring a little veteran leadership to the team, little uh, little leadership on the defensive side, which is where Harden obviously kind of struggles sometimes. I think okay. there's a lot of defensive lapses. Yeah, they're going to get at each other a couple times. Like, you know, when, when CP wants to slow it down a little bit, when uh, he gets in, in Harden's face for, you know, the mental lapses on the defensive side. But, I mean, if anybody's going to make that two-point guard system work like that, then, I, I mean, come on, D'Antoni. So it's funny you said it because that was the thing is, like, if, if you look at, like, Harden's effectiveness as a player, uh, clearly he's a volume scorer. Like, that's his shit. Like, that's his go-to. But last season was a whole different level of – he just, like, he filled that Steve Nash role, but with somebody who has, like, the volume scoring capabilities that Steve Nash – maybe did or did not have that's subject to discussion but never never pursued it so you have somebody who 
nearly averaged a triple-double last year in that role, nearly averaged about 30 points a game last year. And in a season where he was arguably the most effective, now we're taking like a large portion of what made him effective last year out of his hands. Like running point last year was basically what what orchestrated the offense, and, and they were just like substantially better with him running point exclusively than in past seasons when he was like loosely running the point. So what I'm interested in is like, I completely agree that like to have a floor general like CP3 who's going to like give them a better defensive identity is necessary. Um, and I think they get along well enough where CP3 is not necessarily going to, but he also has like, he's, he's like traditionally known as somebody who he's an agitator. Like he gets under people's skin. Like there was I mean, like, true. there was like a unanimous sigh of relief in LA when he got traded. Um, where it was just like, fuck man, that guy's finally gone. Cause he's an asshole. Like everybody knows. He, like, oh, he's, he's an, an asshole. asshole. He's, he's an absolutely asshole. an asshole. He's, he's a pain in the ass. So I guess that was also on my list. Cause I'm, I'm interested to see the other thing too is like, that offense last year was built around the three-point shot. And CP3's, like, go-to is that mid-range, like, elbow jumper. Elbow jumper. So I'm wondering, like, does Dan Tony still allow him to exploit that? Or is he going to start jacking up threes? Because that's not necessarily part of his game, but it's a part of the offense. Because last year when they lost to the Spurs, they... Because the problem with the, like, all-or-nothing home run approach with threes is, like, if you're cold for a day, like, you're going to lose. Like, you're just not going to Live by shots. it, die by yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that mid-range shot is, like, a good tweener to, like, get easier buckets in the event that, like, your jumpers are not falling and you can't get to the paint. Because that's primarily part of the reason why they lost to the Spurs last year was, like, the threes just weren't falling. Right. So I mean, that's true. You could argue that, like, CP3 filling the void of, like, being able to knock those down consistently um, at a high level of efficiency is a positive, but that's what's most interesting to me. It's like having him run point when 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 Harden was just so effective at that role last year. It, it's an interesting fit. I think that a lot of people don't like. Yeah, CP's ball dominant guy. I mean, he is. He's a ball in his hands guy. Harden's a ball in his hands guy. Like dominant ball guys. I get that. Like, I I, I totally understand that. I think that both of them can play off the ball, yeah. and I think that if you are kind of yeah, I'm you know I'm not saying we're going to alternate possessions here, right? Like CP not bringing the ball off the floor one possession, Harden the next, you know. But I think that those guys are are good enough and professional enough to play off the ball and still complement each other yeah. very well. Yeah. Especially too, like that was a great point that you made with that elbow jumper. Yeah, the Rockets they live by a three, they die by the three. And when you've got a guy like CP though who can kind of get in the get in the paint, you know, knock down that that eighteen nineteen footer every so often. Like that makes defense. You got to respect the yep. you know the interior a little bit more. Yep. So I, I mean I just I, I think it's gonna work, yeah. and I'm really excited about how it's gonna work. Like if you if y'all don't watch the NBA, you don't have league, get league pass, no, get league pass, 100%. and the Rockets. The will, Rockets are my number one league pass. I will enjoy watching this here. That the one thing that nobody's really talking about that I'm excited most is not the James Harden CP3 fit. It's the Clint Capella CP3 like combo because when he had like young Tyson Chandler or like. Um, like young DeAndre, having that like hyper athletic center that he can penetrate the lane. Cause like you said, I mean, you have to respect the mid range shot. So it's either you step up to defend the mid range, which now you exploit the little, like the, the, the alley oop to the athletic center, or you give him the mid range. So like you have to pick your poison in that scenario. So giving him another hyper athletic center, cause that's like his go-to when he's been at his, oh, base, absolutely. he needs a, like an athletic center who can just go up and get it, who can just like, just rim run and just throw it down. And Clint Capella has that level of athleticism, so I'm super excited to see those two together. I think that's a, I think that's actually a really good point. I think that's super overlooked, like you said. Like 
I, I, there are a lot of people who thought Tyson Chandler's career was over right. when him and when him and Chris Paul went several ways. Right. I mean, like he can make anybody look good, right. and especially like you said, yeah, a guy you know high energy, hyper athletic. Like, yes. yeah, Definitely. that's that's going to be a big deal. I I'm think. excited about that one. Now, here's uh, a solid segue, which uh, the NBA podcast is known for. Um, the other thing on my list is: Are the Clips actually better without CP3? No. So let me let me tell you why. So here's my justification as to why I'm interested in this subject. So that trade netted them a lot of depth, which is one of the things that their team has been lacking over the last couple of years. Like bench depth has not been the strong suit of of the Clippers. They had their starting five and maybe one or two guys off the bench with like Jamal Crawford and I guess Austin Rivers. You know, now you have a starting five of Pat Beverly. You have Austin Rivers likely starting at the two, which it's a better defensive backcourt than probably JJ and CP3 were over the last couple of years because CP3 is definitely on the down he's on the down oh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's like, 32 right like, exactly. yeah. but like I think it's a better defensive backcourt they now have Danilo Gallinari who's like the the small forward that they've yeah, been searching for yeah but good for 40 games a year sure 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 but I mean he was fairly healthy last year and like he can he can spread the floor and he can score at like a 16 to 18 point per game like level consistently and he's done it he did it in Denver for the longest time. That's true. Um, and he's got size. Defensively, it's whatever. He is, he is what he is. Um, the thing that I'm most interested in is, like, they also have Lou Williams coming off the bench. They have um, Milos uh, Teledosic coming off the bench. Yep. Which, he's going to be an interesting backup. Rookie of the year. Yo. Take Ooh, that to the bank right now. 30-year-old rookie of the year Hot right take. there. Yeah, I'll give you that. Interesting. Uh, but they, I, I think they're they're and they have uh, 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 Sam Decker on the bench. Like their bench is far deeper than it was when they had CP3, and everybody knew. And we talked about this when the trade happened. Was when Blake is at his best, it's when he's orchestrating the offense. Like Point Blake has always been the best version of Blake. So yeah, being, I mean, I agree being with that. the orchestrator of the offense, like having nobody else to be, because like Patrick Beverly is not a traditional point guard. He's a, a defensive stopper who can knock down the corner three. But I'm interested to see if they let Blake just kind of run the point forward type of role, which a lot of teams are doing now. And with the depth and the ability now to spread the court a bit more with, you know, potential like high volume, high percentage three point shooters around him. I mean, call, call me intrigued. I, you know, I'm not, I was way out on that prediction or that thought. Like two minutes ago, <laughs> until you just gave me that whole rundown. You know what I mean? Now I'm like, I'm. I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm there. Like I wouldn't say I, I'm, I'm that I think they're better without him, but I don't think they're as bad as I I kind of anticipate them being. Uh, I mean, I just think you. He's a hard guy to replace. Sure. I mean, that is a tough. That's a tough guy to replace. I mean, I think that the big problem you run into in a, in a situation like this is. Yeah, Blake Griffin can run the offense. You can put, you can run everything through him. Blake Griffin's a great player. He's one of my favorite players. Has been since he was at Oklahoma. But the problem that I think you run into is who gets the ball at crunch time. Yeah, like you can't. Blake, Blake's not that guy. Yeah, you, there's there's like a very short list of guys that I want the ball. Like whose whose hand whose ball I want the hands in at sure. the end of a game. Chris Paul is on that short list. Right, and I don't know that there's anybody that's on that roster right now who I'm like. That's the guy. Like, I give yeah, that guy a ball that's with 30 a good seconds left. No, I agree with that. Because, like, even even if CP3 wasn't on the court, like, you had Jamal Crawford, who you can kind of, like, go get me a bucket in the fourth quarter. Right. Like that type of guy. They don't... Sweet Lou. I guess Sweet Lou could be that right. guy. That's your high-volume score off the bench. He could be that guy. And also, like, say what you will about Austin Rivers. I'm not a huge Austin Rivers fan. Never have been. Never will be. But 
uh, a couple years ago in the playoffs and just like over the last couple seasons, he's shown these flashes of like, give me the ball and get out of my way. Um, and he hasn't been terrible in that role. There's one play, when you say that, there's one <laughs> There's one play that I think of. This was two or three years ago in the playoffs against the Rockets, actually, yep. where he got he got a steal and came down, and Kevin Harlan was like, and here comes, and he just pauses for a second, and you can tell his voice deflates a little bit, and he's like, Austin Rivers, <laughs> and he tried to go behind his, I can't hear, I think it might have been Pat Beverly that was yeah. back with him, and he tried to go behind his back and threw the ball out of bounds, and I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. There's something me. about him, it's just, he's like, I think every, it's easy to hate him because he like, plays for his daddy's team, and like, he grew up as like a rich kid. And, like, like, would he play anywhere else right now? Like, uh, you know, You like, could argue that he doesn't fit on any other roster, although there was a lot of talks about, like, the Knicks wanted him when they were thinking about shipping Melo to the Clippers. The Knicks gave Tim Hardaway seven, sure. 75 million. Yeah, so we it question so, the judgment always, but <laughs> it was just, like, it, it, their team is, it, their their roster is, is interesting to me, to say the least. I don't think they're going to be a top four seed. I think they could probably finish fifth. I think they outperformed their coverage this year. Oh, they, they, they'll for sure make playoffs. You know what I mean? Well, I, sure. I think they'll definitely make the playoffs. I mean, they're, they're, I think they're, yeah, I think they're 4-5. Yeah, because early on, people were like, ah, eh, they'll probably finish like 7th. And then if you look at the roster and the depth, and I'm like, you know what? I could see it. I could see them finishing as like the 5th team. The bench, the bench has always been their problem. Right. The bench, the depth has always, I mean, that they're bringing in guys like Paul Pierce, who's right. like, you know, Right, a lot of like guys on like veteran, like veteran minimums, like million dollar one year contracts, just like people who are like trying to shoot for a ring at, at the at the tail end of their career, you know, Maurice Space and fucking PG and like all these other guys like Grant Hill, like all these guys on like minimum level contracts. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. No, I think I think they're gonna be a lot better than people think. Yeah. I just don't know that I would say they'll be better without Chris Paul. Sure. That's just I mean I I just I don't know. Fair. All right, what's next on your list? Um Oklahoma City, man. Yeah. That's like I mean that's recent too. Yeah. Like that's 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 big. Yeah. Uh, that one actually wasn't on my list. I did that intentionally because I knew you'd probably bring it up. So I'm like, ah, let's get a couple. You got to talk about that. Like, yeah. you can't, you can't not talk. Like, oh, I mean, that, that's a that's a title contender. That like, are they? Yeah, are they? that's a title contender. Okay, let that, me hear, let me hear your argument as to why they're a, a title contender. They're not. Okay, they're a title contender, but everything has to fall the right way. Sure. Like things, things, things have to fall their way. I, I said it when I introduced myself. The Warriors are going to run everybody, of course. Like, I mean, we know that, but. Things fall the right way. That Oklahoma City team could beat them. Uh, I think if you did like crunch time starting five, crunch time starting five, pretty pretty even across the board. Um, they just they're another one of those teams where like they 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 now have zero depth because of all the trades. No, they, they do. Made. You're right. They have no depth. But I mean, at the same time, that roster sucked anyway. Like, dude, Russell Westbrook carried that team. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that team was. They're bad. Yeah. I mean, bad, bad. Yeah. And I like he he got them to the playoffs, and like they, I mean, they didn't play terribly in the playoffs. Right. No, I agree. And I think that here's 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 what happened. They're they're I say they're a title contender, but that doesn't mean they're going to finish one, two, three in the West. Right. They might finish seventh. Sure. But the thing is, they're they're good enough that if they finish anywhere, they make the playoffs. Yep. They have a chance to get there. I think they're better than the Spurs. I think they're a top three team Ooh. in the West. I do. Ooh. I think that so. Because my initial my initial concern was how do three guys who were like top five in usage last year work together? Because there's only one right. ball to play with. That's the that's the big question mark. That being said, when you look at the skill sets of Paul George and Melo, they both have skill sets that lend positively to a second or like third scoring role on a team because they're both 
high percentage three point shooters. Like yep. PG can hang, they can both play off the ball. They can hang out in the corner, hang out at the at the wings, and like do their thing. Also, Melo off the catch, phenomenal fucking three point shooter. Oh, like that's yeah. all he does in the Olympics. He just catches and shoots. Right. And the other day when they were playing the preseason game, now granted it's preseason, but first half nineteen points, most of them off of just catch and shoots. So. I think his skill set and Paul George's skill set, not not having to have the ball as much to be efficient as a scorer, is a plus. Um, Paul George's perimeter defense alongside Andre Roberson, a plus. Because last year defensively, like, eh, not great. Um, Patrick Patterson coming off the bench, super interesting. I loved it when they signed him, because that was a discounted fucking deal that they signed him on. Yeah. He's an interesting cat coming off the bench. Mello playing the four, like finally filling into that role as like the four, also this is super best season. In, exactly this is best season when he played exactly the four. super interesting. It's it's when you get past the first like six guys on their roster. Now you have nothing, nothing, no nobody. Depth. I mean, there's nobody. There's I don't. I honestly don't even know like like who half their half their bench is. Right. I mean, I know them sure. Like you know, but like at the same time, I'm looking at I'm like, uh, I don't know. Right and. I, I, but I think to your point though, like, okay, it, dude, you took Westbrook out last year, yep. and who who'd you go to? Yep. Who's your scorer? Yeah. Yeah, I know, like you had Oladipo, but like right. I'm, but I'm, I'm, really. a, I'm a Magic fan. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, I talked to you all no, day you about Victor Oladipo and his shortcomings, but I think it's really interesting, you know, because Westbrook needs the ball. Right. I mean, he needs the ball. Right. But like, other than other than Durant and and Harden when he was there, like. I don't think he really had any teammates that he ever trusted, sure. like to you know to put the ball in the yeah. basket, and uh, you know Paul George doesn't need the ball in his hands. Right. Melo is a ball dominant guy, but I feel like Melo is at this stage in his career where he's like ready to hand over the keys to the like yeah. you like when he was in Denver, like when he was a rookie, he was you're the guy. Yeah, you know yeah. they like they brought in Allen Iverson, a Hall of Famer, to compliment him right. in his early days in Denver. And then he went to New York. Yeah, they had Amari the year before, and then they brought him in. Yep. But immediately it was like, yeah, move over Amari. This is my team. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, yeah, he's just he's never had to take a backseat. He's always been told, like, you are the guy. Right. So I think he's, what, like 33 now? 32, yeah, 33? Like yeah. Like, I feel like he's ready to take a step back and be like, okay, like, what can I do to help us win? Like, yeah, don't – I mean, he's still going to want to get his, yeah. which, I mean, you obviously should when you're as talented as he is. But I think he's prepared to, like, you know, go from a 25 points per game guy to maybe 19, 20 points per game guy yeah. if it means they're winning games. And you could also say, too, though, like, the the last couple years as a member of the Knicks preps him well for, like – a leading the second unit type role yeah. where he's like the go-to scorer on that unit. Now, Billy Donovan got better towards the later end of the last KD season where he started staggering minutes. Now he's got three guys who could lead the second unit or the third unit. Right. So he has a couple guys that he could basically split minutes, stagger them, and then towards the end of the fourth quarter get them all back together. It's it's an interesting team. It's just the depth is what concerns me. Yeah, I mean it, it's it is tough. I, I think the one the like you know the nice thing just is like this is kind of like a final thought on that like just to that point you just made is that like you can rest two of those guys yep. at a time and leave one of those guys out there with you know yeah. <laughs> whoever else right. is on the floor right. and they'll be okay. Well, uh, and, and I the, think. And the good thing too is like Andre Roberson zero like doesn't need the ball. Don't give him the ball. Actually, yeah. like don't did let you him see have that. Oh my god, did you Amazing. see that? Paul George kicked him the <laughs> yeah. ball, and he as soon as he shot it, the fifth. Paul George's face, you could clearly see it was like, yo, do not pass that guy, even if he's wide open, because there's a reason he's wide open. Did you see there was a there was a video going around where they were playing the Rockets, 
and Roberson was wide open for a three, and CP3, like, turned and looked, and he was like, hell no, and just kept running, <laughs> because he, and he missed yeah. it by, like, two feet. It yeah, was dude, insane. Like, two about. feet to the right. Um, yeah, so they're going to be an interesting team. So you mentioned earlier, um, you made a, a, a bold prediction for Rookie of the Year. Um, I wanted to talk about somebody who will be in the Rookie of the Year running this year, who is also a phenomenal passer, who is being forgotten because this last draft class was very high level and high quality. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons might average 50 assists a game. First first season in the NBA. Um, there's so many flaws in his game. Uh, the jumper is flawed, to say the least. But watching him orchestrate that offense, even in the preseason, in the summer league, like just watching him be the floor general is so fucking entertaining. It's just his, his court vision is unlike – like his court vision is – like Rondo, Jason Kidd level right now. Oh, agreed. Like at like their peaks. Like agreed, completely. The agreed. way he sees the floor, like the next pass, like people cutting to the basket, it's just, it's insane. And I'm just so excited to see him play this year because I was looking forward to it last year and we got that taken away from us. I'm, I'm really excited for his like legit like rookie campaign. I mean, he's yeah, he's, he's speed, the strength, passing ability. Uh, yeah, the jumper is whack. The jumper's bad. I mean, the jumper is bad. bad. Like, very, that's... Uh, very bad. It's not, it's not, not Michael K. Gilchrist level bad, no, but, it's, but it's, it's, it's bad. It's up there. And he... But, yeah, it's, uh, that team yeah. just intrigues me. In but general, yeah. He might... He, he could either... He could legitimately average 50 assists a game. Obviously, okay. That's... Yeah. But you know what I mean. Like, he could... He, he'll impact that team a lot oh, more than sure. people think, and it's not going to be his scoring ability. It's not going to be rebounding. It yeah. is strictly his ability to pass, and he's not a selfish guy for as high profile as he is. Like, he's not a guy that's like, yo, I want to go out and get 25 a night, and if I don't, like, I'm going to be pissed yeah. about that. Like, he's like, yo, I'll settle for 10 points and 15 dimes, yeah. right? Like, yeah, he's very selfless in that way. He's, yeah, he's a good, he's a talented player. I mean, like, that team is either going to be, they're going to win 50 games or they're going to win 30. Like, I, there is no in-between for me. I mean, the benefit for them is that the East is fucking trash. Terrible. So they could make it into the playoffs with, like, 37 wins. Yeah. Like, they could. They could They could legitimately make it into the playoffs with 37 yeah. wins and be just fine as the eight seed. I'm, I don't know if they're quite there. We're going to do a, an episode this week and break down, like, who's going to make it to the playoffs this year and, like, who's going to be top eight. Like, if you look at, like, the East, you have, like, Cavs, Boston, Toronto, Washington, uh, fuck... Cavs, Boston, Toronto, Washington. That's that's like that's like it though. Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Like, but yeah. like that's it though. Because like, a lot of teams are dropping out. Like Indiana's not gonna be the playoffs this year. I'd probably say they Miami. might, but they might because the rest of the East is terrible. I don't know because like, I would say Miami probably, Charlotte, uh, one more team. I guess Philly maybe potentially the probably. East. But there's, yeah, that, I mean, that's yeah. gonna be a revolving door at the bottom there. So like, I, I mean. There aren't that many good teams in the like, most of the teams in the East are fucking just trash. Just they're such, bad. Such they're, trash. they're terrible. That's why this is completely off topic. I just want to put this out there real quick. I give it five more years for the NBA switches to a top teams make yeah. the playoffs, and we just get rid yeah. of West East Conference. Well, they already did with the All Star game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like the, it's 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 moving that way, and it's there's just no fucking point. Nah. Like when you <laughs> when, like LeBron has a path to the finals every year yeah. and that's not his fault. Like nah. that's a criticism that he gets a lot. Look, yeah. I hate LeBron. Everybody knows that he's a talented basketball player. I don't hate him for his basketball playing ability. I just don't like him. He's just the villain of, of my NBA fandom sure. always has been, sure. but 
I mean, everybody criticizes him because he's like, oh, he makes the playoffs every year because he plays in the East. Is that his fault? Like, it's not his fault. Right. So, and, and it's not like it was strategically chosen. Like, he got drafted by an East team. He went to go play for another East team at the peak of, like, the Western Conference. Like, stayed in the East to keep it strong. And then went back to the team that had drafted him. So, like, he got – I mean, it's yeah. just, just the way that the cards were dealt. Right. He ended up in the Eastern Conference. Um, but, yeah, Ben Simmons is going to be interesting. I'm wondering if they're going to have Markel Fultz come off the bench or actually have him start. Because – He's That's essentially he's essentially going to operate as a an off ball two guard combo guard. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean he will be he'll be he'll be like Victor and was in, in right in Orlando right or like I mean fuck name him like I mean basically like what Pat Beverly was doing with, with CP three like yeah. same shit you know what I mean obviously a higher volume scorer he's an interesting one too I'm, I'm interested to see what he does this year the thing is what what their playoff like hopes hinge on is if Joel Embiid can play fifty games this year what he played he played thirty one games 31 last games season last and he averaged. Like I think twenty point two points per game. Yeah, I think he was like closer to nine. I was literally just looking at it the other day. I don't. I didn't, I can't pull that his, out of my. His ass, numbers are like. I mean, I, they were they were pulling it up the other day. Like he was like nineteen eight four. I think. Um, and defensively, like he's just a monster. Like the yeah. kid, the kid is just he's a he's a freak, man. He's just he's another one of those like unicorn players where you're just like I, he can do fucking anything on the court. But right. can he stay healthy? Is, right. is the big thing. Um, so what's next on your list? Ooh, that is a good question. I know Timberwolves. Timberwolves want to talk about the Timberwolves a little bit. Let's hit it. Uh, yeah. Are they going to be any good? I, I thought they were going to be good last year. I, I, so I think wrong. everybody did. Well, so, like, you know, we live in Chicago, and, and we got to experience, you know, all of Tibbs' glory here. And, like, he, True. he lifted this team. He gave the, he gave us an, a, de- a defensive identity, which is what the T-Wolves were lacking before he got there. And when they, when they signed him as their coach – the entire league lost their fucking mind. They're like, oh my god, perfect situation, perfect coach, amazing. Young players yes. can mold them, how, exactly. make them play how he wants them to play, right? Like, and they can play like forty minutes a game because he loves doing right. that. Right? Like, he's gonna run like everybody Andrew, into the ground. Andrew yeah. Wiggins led the league in in minutes last year. Like, I mean, and probably gonna do it again. I'm sure Jimmy's like probably gonna be at the top. Cat's probably gonna be right at the top. Like, they're all gonna fall within like the top ten of minutes played this year. Like, by no no question because that's Tibbs' mo. But. They didn't adopt to the defensive identity last no, year. No, they absolutely at all. didn't, and at that's all. everybody thought that. Everybody thought, "Oh, young kids, he'll get them to buy right. in. Long, they'll play tough. Athletic. Yes, yeah, they'll everything. run. Yeah, it all made sense. It didn't work out. I think a lot of it had to do with like, you know what? To be honest with you, I don't know what the answer was because they were like they were playing really poorly to start off the season. They got a little bit better when Zach Levine left, which is you know call that what you will. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about him. I like him, but don't as a player. I'm not going to – that's too long of a conversation to have right now, but um, yeah. But yeah, so like now now you have Jimmy who's joining the staff, joining the team, who's top 15 player in the league, all NBA, and knows Tibbs' defensive system. Like can can now coach these, these players and be like the go-to person to make sure that people are helping on defense, that they're freezing on screens, like all yeah, that Yeah, I agree. Shit. The problem is, and this is what I saw when they made the trade. One, I'm still pissed off as a Bulls fan about that trade. That trade made me so fucking livid. It was a just terrible, angry, that was, that was angry. One of the worst, one of the worst trades I've ever seen. Also, just as like a side note, I would like to ask all of the NBA uh, uh, media to stop using the word uh, fleeced. I'm so t- fucking tired of that <laughs> fucking word. Stop saying that shit. Nobody said that shit until this summer. Now every trade, you're like. The fucking Knicks got fleeced, and the Bulls got fleeced, and the Pacers got. I don't want to hear fleeced anymore. Stop talking about it. Anyways, um, <laughs> An- <laughs> Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler, if you take the defensive side of things on the on the offensive side of the ball, play the same fucking. Oh, game. same game. Same shot. Same game. Same game. So now you're taking a guy last year who was a 24 point per game scorer and making him the third option on that team. 
Because option number one's got to be Cat, I would imagine. Got to be. And then Jimmy. If you're not running that offense, I don't, like, everybody's like, oh, the era of the big man is dead. And it, it is. It's dead. It's dead. It's buried. We got rid of that era a long right. time ago. The traditional big man. But if you're not running that offense through a guy like him, he can pass. Yes. Like, he can step out and shoot a little bit. Like, yo, the guy's not shooting threes, but he can step out and shoot 15, 16 feet. He shot like 37%. He, I, I mean, he did. I mean, like, yeah, that's as good. A big man. That is a good point. You know that's mean? a good point. Like, like, he shoots well from three point range. He's got good touch. He's got soft hands. He can he can find open man. Like, he's a good passer. He's a, just, he's a good. I'm not going to lie. I slept on him hard. I thought he was going to be so bad. But he was another got, one of those Kentucky guys where you're like, that's exactly it. In, 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 in John Calipari's system, like, the same thing with, like, Devin Booker and, like, a lot of these guys. You're like, like, Eric Bledsoe. When Eric Bledsoe got drafted, I'm like, Eric Bledsoe? Yeah, First round? same. same. Oh, my God, same. But it's one of those things where you're just, like, you don't get to see them at their full potential over there right. because there's so many of them right. that he's spreading minutes. Like, Cat was behind. Like, he was playing next to – who was he playing next to that was another big on that team that got drafted? It doesn't matter. Anyways, he was on that, like, team that almost went undefeated. And they oh, were was he with Collie Stein, right? Willie yes, Collie Stein? Yeah, yeah, Collie yeah, Stein. there it is. So it was another one of those things. Like, you see them playing next to each other, and you're like – I mean, they cancel each other out in a lot of ways. You know, like, he wasn't starting to begin the season, and then he kind of, like, made his way into the starting lineup. But everybody was, like, all the NBA people that I trust and, and know and like in terms of draft experts were like, yo, he's number one, 100%, maybe Jaleel, but, like, he's 100% number one. And I just, I didn't see it. And then he came in the league, and I'm like, ah, okay, I missed it. Okay, so I didn't get enough. Because they don't, they don't explain, they, like, they the don't, same they, shit. Well, he, he, like, Cal, like, runs, like, platoons. Yes. Like, he's like, these guys get these minutes, and then this group comes that, in. That's why I like Malik plays. Monk. I think Malik Monk is going to be a fucking just... I, I think he'll be good. I wish the Bulls would have drafted him. Like, I don't know why they didn't pick up Malik Monk. That was who or, I really or wanted. Or Dennis Smith Jr. For or matter. Dennis Smith Jr. Like, sorry, Chris Dunn. Sorry, Jerry Grant. It hasn't worked out yet. Best of luck. Dennis Smith, that's my pick for rookie of the year, by the way. 100%. That's my boy right there. He's going to get the minutes. He's going to get He's gonna get the touches. I like him. I but, wanted him bad. Yeah, I think... Um, Minnesota is going to be interesting this year because the West is, unlike the East, very, very strong. Like across the board. Oh, every team is good. Super. I mean, heavy well, not every talent. team. I mean, there's. But yeah. yeah, of course. But like, but in terms of like teams that are in playoff contention, like there's not a lot of deviation except no. for Golden State. Yeah, like just really, Golden there's State. really not just Golden State because like it's probably going to be Golden State, Houston. I think it's going to be OKC, and then either the you Clips. got OKC at three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're going to be fun this year. I think they're going to finish. I just can't believe you think they're going to be better than the Spurs. I do. Oh. Well, so they're one of my they're one of my topics too. Is like, what did the Spurs do this offseason? Rudy Gay. Stop. You sound like my fucking brother. My oh, brother Rudy Gay's my shit. guy, man. Rudy I hated Gay. him for a long time. I love him now. Rudy Gay has legitimately, if you look at his career, every team that he's gone to, he's made them worse. Like he's every single team that he's gone to, they've gotten worse. When he went to Toronto, they got worse. When he was in Memphis, they were subpar until they traded him. He was in a ba- he was in a bad spot in Toronto. I don't blame him for Sacramento. Sacramento is a fucking shit show. Like, yeah, in, in Toronto, he made them. But worse. that's Sacramento, though. That's when that's that's what changed my perception of him is when he went to Sacramento. Because I thought in Toronto, I thought the same thing. I was like, this guy's overrated. He puts up big numbers on bad teams. Right. Like he's just not. And then he went to Sacramento, and unfortunately, he had to play with my least favorite player in the NBA, Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do. Rudy Gay, man, Rudy Gay's good. I think LaMarcus Aldridge is 15 pounds lighter than he came into the season last year. He's at 260, was at 275. Still got that mid-range, still can play. And Kawhi, man, Kawhi might be – you could argue, you can make a case to me that Kawhi is the best player in the NBA. I, I, don't, I probably won't agree with you, but you can make a case for me. Who do you think is going to win MVP this year? Since we're on the topic. Prior to Chris Paul uh, joining that team, I would have said Harden. I think Harden's numbers will take a little bit of a dip because of that, so I don't think – 
it's tough because all the guys that I think of, like, I, I think it's probably going to be LeBron. Okay. Because it's literally my number two <laughs> thing on this list. I think he's going to be on a revenge tour this year. Yeah. Kyrie's gone. He's going to have, he's going to bear most of the scoring load. Isaiah's going to be out until fucking mid-January. I, on the podcast last week, I said I thought KD was going to win the MVP this year. Because last year, in terms of efficiency, it was just like, Unreal. Un- unbelievable. Well, it's, like, I mean, when you're just, when you get wide open yeah, looks every I mean, play. Who knew um, that, a, that a freak of nature in the scoring world, when given an, a wide open three-point shot, who already shot like mid 40% from three yeah. is just going to be better. But initially I said KD, but I could see an argument for LeBron like trying to take the crown back of I'm still the best player in the NBA and now I don't have Kyrie to defer to, so I'm going to take on the scoring load this year. Because he was still averaging like 26 points a game last year. Yeah. And now Kyrie's gone. Yeah. So now who's he going defo- like, to default to? He's not going to Kevin Love. To- yeah, sure. <laughs> but even then, like, I mean, and that roster's interesting, but... He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to bear the the majority of the, the scoring load. Yeah. No, I think pissed off LeBron is terrifying. Right. If you are an opposing team playing against pissed off LeBron, when oh, what was that? Uh, that well, in the finals a couple years ago, obviously when they when they came back and beat the Warriors in the finals, that was pissed off LeBron. Even Everybody when, was writing him off. Even when they lost the first time around in Game Six, like, yeah. that was the most incredible basketball like I've ever seen in my life. Like that, the, the the level of of two way basketball he was playing was just like. I've never seen it before. I think the the one though that like what I really think of pissed off LeBron like I'm coming for you and your family and just gonna just like scorched earth LeBron when he was in Miami and they played the Celtics in I believe it was the second round and they the Celtics like were playing them tough it was kind of like that last hurrah for Ray Allen and yeah. Pierce yeah. And, and and KG together. And they were down, I think, two games to one. And then LeBron just took that series over and just... It started with, like, forcing a game into OT and dominating an OT and then just went through the whole series, like, the rest of that series. And I think that's when I... Like, that's when you... That's, like, when you can kind of see, like, LeBron just flips that switch and just goes into, I'm going to kill you mode. And I think we're going to see that all year this year. Uh, And I, I think, too, like, everybody else, everybody else who I think about an MVP candidate... Their numbers are probably going to take a hit because they got better teammates now. Yeah, that's LeBron right. got nobody, so yeah. you, that, was your, that was a good. You made that point. I mean, I think it's true though. I mean, like that's 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 going to be peak LeBron. Like when he's won his MVPs, except for the one in Miami, like it was on those shit ass Cleveland teams, and, and he was just like making his way around that. Um, what's next on your list? I also want to just make it clear the shit ass LeBron teams. He won sixty six games one year when Antoine Jameson was his second best player. So I just want to put that out there. I want I want that to be recorded. I want everybody to hear that. He's a monster. Uh, the last one I have is it's actually off season based, which is which is probably terrible radio for like 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 just terrible for you know a season preview. But like, is anybody going to go to LA next year? Ooh. That but that I mean there's a story we're going to talk there, about that all year. There's a storyline there though because like so. Initially, the thought was, well, if Russ doesn't sign that extension, this could be, like, his audition, right. his PG, where they're, like, they'll just, like, learn how to play together, and then they go to L.A. together. Now Russ is out of the equation, so now he's going to be in OKC for the long term. Um, this is going to be, like, one of those seasons where if it goes – because the thing with Paul George is, like, he keeps saying that he wants to win, and he's young. He's only 28, so he's Yeah, oh, yeah, he's, he's not even young. in his prime yet. No, not even close. So, like, he's young. He said in Indiana that he wanted to win, which, like, 
there was a period there when he was competing against LeBron, and it was like, do you remember that? That like two man. years. Oh my god, there was two so years good. where they were like, oh, the Pacers are going to dethrone the Heat. I was, I mean, they, that roster was like super competitive with them. Like they had all the things that the Heat didn't have because that's when Roy Hibbert was like, and then yeah, why the hell? Oh god, what I, happened? I don't know what happened <laughs> to that guy, man. What did Roy Hibbert just what, fell did, off a cliff? You man. go from like being one of the most dominant defensive players in the league, the best center in the East, to just like. He played for like three teams last year. Like nobody wants the guy anymore. He's just he's he's a dinosaur. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I it's just that's gonna be an ongoing dialogue of like, is LeBron gonna leave? Because like everything's pointing that way now. Like they had to trade Kyrie because he was unhappy with the organization or LeBron. It's it could be both. Um, I think I'd be unhappy playing with LeBron to be completely honest. Well, we talked about that on the on the podcast a couple times. Where it's like he honestly he seems like kind of an ass. Like he just doesn't like not even an asshole. He just seems like such a corny like dad that I just wouldn't yes. want to spend Agreed. time with him. I just don't Agreed. want to be around him. Like he just he's he seems so like coached in the way that he kind of interacts with people and the way that he carries yeah. himself. He's it's, that's that's why I don't like him. Yeah, because his his whole like persona just right. seems like like I don't know what's the word I'm looking for here, but it's just like. He's so worried about his public perception. Right. It's like this image that he's like cultivated to right. make sure he has to maintain. Right. It's like he doesn't have a PR team. He is his PR team. Right. Like he literally like he he contains himself. Now there's been some like yo he called Donald Trump a bum. Like that was definitely that was off book. Right. right. <laughs> that was that was off book. But uh, yeah, in general, like all the signs are pointing to Le- LeBron being in a situation where he could just leave because Dan Gilbert's a dick. They didn't bring back the GM. Kyrie's not happy. All these people are leaving, um, and it's it, now. I will say this: if he goes to LA, there's no more conferences. It's over. Like, they, like uh, 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 Adam Silver is just gonna have to look at it and just be like, "Yeah, right, there's nobody left in the East. There's literally no stars in the East anymore. LeBron just left. We have nobody left. No, there's nobody. Literally, no, no. I, it's at that point your best player in the East is John Wall. Like, that's literally the best player in the East." After LeBron, that is a wow. That is you know what I mean? Like, look at the landscape. Giannis, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess. Like maybe though. Like yeah. Like but like John Wall's established. Like I love John Wall. Yeah, John John Wall's a monster. But yeah, yeah. So Giannis is the best player in the East. Which, in terms of his like, he's probably what number seven in the league in terms of like top ten players. Somewhere around there, seven eight. Yeah. So I I mean, high on the list, but like the top six are in the West, and then the last three are in the West. So it's like, come yeah, on, man. Like, this is a fucking shit show. LeBron, LeBron will go to L.A. I will say that right now. That's going to be an think, interesting storyline. I really think he will. I think I think LeBron still genuinely hates Dan Gilbert. Oh, for sure. I think for LeBron, sure. I think he never got over that letter. I wouldn't, right. personally. So I don't think, I don't harbor any resentment towards LeBron for hating Dan Gilbert, because I would, too. I think he hates him. I think he, he went back to Cleveland for the people of Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, so I think he did, and I, I, he won them one. Uh, what do, he doesn't really owe them anything. No, it's I mean it's he, he doesn't owe them anything at this point. Uh, you appreciate what he what he did in his time there. He won a title right. for a city that hasn't won a title in any major sport right. in years. Uh, he turned that that franchise into relevance again. I mean they, they haven't been relevant since the eighties. Yeah. Mark Mark Price, yeah. <laughs> like throw it way back. Yeah. But I, I think LeBron. I think he probably will go to LA, and I, I think he should. I think I think that gives him his best chance at maybe winning probably one more. Sure, I don't think it's going to be more than one. Well, but the thing is too, like not five, not six. No, <laughs> definitely not that. But like, so the only the only reason that the move to LA makes sense to me is 
one, LeBron James spends like half a million dollars on his body a year. That guy's a tank. He hasn't had an injured season. He hasn't like in his entire career. He's played pretty much the whole year. Of the season. Yeah. Every single year, never been hurt. I mean, that's a feat in its own. Um, he's going to take care of himself. Now, the 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 Warriors are going to be good for another seven to eight years, probably. Yeah, because they're all like they're young, late twenties, they're young, super young. They've people, got the core, and the people up. want to go play with them. Yes, like you, you can get people. David West took a like a twelve million dollar pay cut to go there. Right, you I know, mean, everybody's all all the guys that want to win go there. On a discount rate because they want to get the ring. Like, you get your David West. You get your... Swaggy P. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Swaggy P's my guy. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, they're going to be they're gonna be good for the next, like, eight years. That being said, if you go to L.A., you got all the baby Lakers who are, like, early 20s. By the time they hit their peak, it should hit, like, the exact time when the Warriors are starting to swing down. Hit their downturn. Right. Yeah. So, LeBron can be a leader on that team. Maybe not be the best player by the time they get to the peak, but he can get one more ring in L.A., and it's a smart move. It's, I mean, it's a smart move to, like, hit the timing. Because, like, what are they going to do? They're going to load up. Like, he's, he's wrecked their fucking cap space in Cleveland. Oh, he wrecked they, it. They, wrecked have, it. they have no picks. They have, I mean, literally. They're paying Tristan Thompson, like, 18 million a year. I'm saying, like, <laughs> he's, he, he got all his boys paid. They have no they have no room. They signed Kyle Korver for three years. What the fuck were they doing? And guess what? Oh, they, yeah. didn't, they didn't even have a, a GM in place when they signed him. He's 37. Yeah. You're going to pay a 40-year-old fucking Kyle Korver? Why? He didn't yeah. do shit for you in the playoffs? Yeah, no. How does that make any fucking I sense? I like Kyle Korver a lot, but yeah, Jesus, I forgot all about that. You know I, mean? I forgot that they gave him three years. Because it took oh, so man. long. Like, it took so long for them to find a GM. Because like Nobody Dan wants Gilbert's, that job. Who like, wants that job? Dan Gilbert's fucking cheap. He doesn't want to pay anybody. Even Chauncey was like, I'm good, man. No <laughs> yeah. When, like, dude, Chauncey Billups, like, what is he doing? He's just hanging out on a... Uh, NBA on ESPN is right. like he's, he's playing fucking uh, he's playing the fucking big three league. like he's just hanging out <laughs> yeah, shooting right. four pointers. Oh, you watch the big three by the way? Yeah, I hit or miss. I yeah. watch a little bit. Sometimes it's tight. Sometimes I'm like it mm. was. There was times like it was fun to watch, and then it was also super, super Su- fucking depressing. Yeah, sad. Like, right? These guys, like, just like God damn. Charlotte Lewis, my guy. And now I watch him in that, and I'm like, dude, please just well, just, yeah. just hang him up. Like bro. I was watching. I forget who it was. I want to say it was like the Deshaun Stevenson. I'm like, man. He got fat as fuck. Man. Oh, I forget. Oh, that's a name I have not thought about <laughs> in telling. years. It was so weird to see these guys. Like Ruben Patterson was playing. It's like Ruben Patterson, the Kobe Stafford is just playing in the big three. Like, like AI showed up to like one one game. game. Yeah, it's just I mean, the guy's a fucking wreck. Um, here's the last thing that I have, uh, and this is a selfish one on my end. Can the Bulls, please, pretty please, Bulls, be the worst team in the NBA? Like, win nine games. <laughs> be Worse than any team in the history of NBA basketball. That's the one thing that I'm most interested in this season, selfishly, because I want Luka Doncic. I want Marvin Bagley. I want Michael Murray. I want one of those three dudes on my team for the next 10 years. That's who I want. Because the Bulls, (laughs) previous to like Derrick Rose, have been right in the middle of the draft forever. And they've done, to to their credit, despite the fact that like Garpax is a terrible front office, they've done a pretty solid job of drafting. Like, if you look at their draft picks, if you look oh, at... Yeah, I mean, they've, they've, I mean, they've, they've taken across, some good players. Yeah. Like, I mean, Jimmy was a huge one. Um, Taj Gibson at 26. Like, that was a big yeah, one. Yeah, that was a big... That like, was a great pick. There was a lot of people, like, later in the draft or in the middle of the draft that they picked up that worked out really well. Some that didn't. You know, you can always, like... I would argue that their, their late picks have been better than their, like, mid-lottery picks. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like Jimmy and, and, and Taj versus, like, 
McDermott. At like well, because at that at that time at that point you're drafting for need, just like fit a role on the team. Like you are. That's de- true. You're yeah, a you're not dra- stopper. You're... Be the defensive stopper. Like they drafted Jimmy and Taj because they were both superb defenders, and you put them in that role, you let them do that. Thing. Right. But like Tony Snell was a 17th pick, and they were like, "Well, he can shoot the three pretty well, and he defends. He's long." That didn't fucking work out. Now he went to Milwaukee. I was way. I was real high on Tony Snell Everybody when they drafted was. him. Everybody so was. And he I don't. I don't hate I don't, that. I don't hate that at all. That I was. A, I thought that was a great pick. I, I don't see that. Like at the time, I didn't see it. Doug McDermott, and I will say this: I was totally wrong about him. Now I think. For him, I think it was a byproduct of the system and the situation more so than the player itself. Because, like, Dougie, Dougie can get buckets. He shoots the three well. He's athletic. Like, they just never really used him in, in no, a the role. right way. Like, they just didn't use him in a role where he They wanted him to be more than what what he really is as a player. Well, they wanted to put him in a, in a box, though. They're like, you're going to be our new three-point specialist and just, just be that. Just be the three-point specialist. That's what I'm saying. They, like, they tried to, like define a role for him and like say like hey this is what you're doing like this is right. this is your job McDermott's a guy that like he's he's kind of like one of those all-around guys like he doesn't he does like he does everything above average I don't think like he's a good three-point shooter he's not a great three-point shooter sure. he's an okay defender he gets burnt sometimes like oh. I mean I look I know like oh. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not look nobody's giving the guy awards okay, but like okay is generous okay Oof. it might be but like he, you know, he does everything like decent. Sure. He just doesn't do anything like yeah. that. You're like, oh shit, I would, that's I would great. Say, yeah, I would say he's an above average ball handler. He can get to the rim like at an above average pace. Like he's not he's not somebody who can get to the rim at will, but he can get to the rim. Like he's he's got like right on par with like average athleticism, but enough so to get to the basket, enough so to like throw it down, enough so to like go into contact and finish. Like he can do that type of stuff. Right. He just he hasn't been on a roster where he's able to do that. Because like when we traded him to OKC. Russ is like, don't fucking talk to me. Just sit in the corner. When when I'm ready to pass it to you, you'll get it. And get it, shoot. yeah. Um, but yeah, like, historically speaking, their drafts have been pretty solid. I'm just, I need them to be the worst team in the history of the NBA. And Zach Levine's going to be out to, like, February. That's a positive because he was going to be, like, the majority of our scoring load. They signed Nico Miritich. I didn't really want them to, even though I really like Nico. But um, he's he's somebody who could maybe get us a couple wins, so I kind of didn't want to pick him up. Like I just I don't want anybody who's good at basketball to be on this team this year. I don't think I think you're gonna be okay. I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna I, be the worst. my like one what, the one thought that I have, and this is just because you're a Chicago sports fan, and I, I like as as a as a, I only root for the Blackhawks in Chicago, and that is literally because I grew up in Iowa and they were close sure. in proximity to sure. me. Uh, but <laughs> the only the only doubt I have about them not being terrible is that. You're a Chicago sports fan. Your whole life has been pretty much misery. I mean, Cubs won the World Series last year. Don't get me wrong. That's great. But outside of that, Cubs for a long time, like, the lovable losers, whatever, you know. And the Bears, the Bears are always like, this is the year. This is the year. They're terrible. This is the year we get the number one pick. And then they win, you know, six games, right? They go six and ten. And they get the, the eighth pick, the ninth pick, whatever. And so my only hesitancy to say that with 100% certainty they're going to be terrible is that Chicago sports fans get shafted all the time, and this could be could be one of those times, but it's gonna be them. It's gonna be them in the Nets. Like who's who's the worst? I don't know. Give me give me one of those top three picks, and I'll be just fine. Just you're gonna three. get a top three. I think we'll be just fine, unless you know they the lottery fucks you. But that's like we gotta. We're, get we're not gonna worry. We won't worry about that. We have to get it this year because this is the last year of the current like lottery structure until the lottery. Twenty five. Yeah, so we gotta get it this year. Well, Tad, I really enjoyed having you on the podcast, man. This is really fun. Um, is there anything that you like to plug? Any anywhere people can follow you, at you, anything like that? Oh yeah, you can you can follow me uh, on Twitter at the Real T Hall. It's mostly uh, asinine sports takes mm-hmm. and 
anger about my my favorite sports teams or just kind of random ramblings of my mind. But you know, check it out. Give me a follow. It's a you know, it's a wild ride. Um, other than that, no, nothing really else to plug. I do really appreciate the time. Hopefully, we can do this a couple more times throughout the season. Uh, I have a lot that I want to talk about, oh. as you can tell by how off topic we got here. But uh, no, I really thanks thanks for having me on. Sure. I really appreciate it. And we just, we just good covered time. the soundproof room, so this will probably be something we do fairly regularly, man. Awesome. Well, um, this has been NBA, uh, your first ever mini-sode. Thanks for listening. Um, find us on t- iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Um, once again, per usual, fuck Google Play. I will never be on Google Play. I might be on Google Play. No promises. Um, anyways, uh, this has been us. Uh, tune in later this week. Uh, we'll have another episode. Peace. Peace.